0: This is the Mission Daily. I'm Chad Grills. Ian Faison's giggling across the table from (laughs) me.
1: You just had a big smile on your face (laughs) when you were staring at me. Did you know that monkeys in the wild, the way that they show each other, like non-aggression, is that they smile at each other? That's why I was doing it. (laughs) You didn't want me to be aggressive on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) For 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 our fans out there, by the way, thank you everyone for listening and subscribing and doing all the amazing things that you do. Um... But for our fans, so you know our setup, we sit across from each other, and so I get to stare into Chad's blue eyes as we record, <laughs> and he often smiles and smirks at me. Well, when, when I'm talking.
0: The whole like smiling and being compassionate with each other, we talked about taboos earlier, and that's something that there are a bunch of taboos around. In part one of this episode, we talked, or this topic, I guess, you know, we talked about adversity, how to explore it safely. Now this is part two where we're talking about recovery. Um, recovery is where, just like sleep, it's a topic that people are a little uncomfortable talking about. People are, I think, afraid of having um, self-love and being kind to themselves. They're kind of scared about talking about it because the second you do try to explore that publicly or talk about it with others, uh, you can get shot down. And it's it can be,
1: like, really painful. Well, so, and think of the word. I mean, it's a really loaded word. So there's only two... Is, co- Types of recovery that you hear people talk about, and it's it's one after people like go to rehab or something like that, yeah. and the other one is uh, a Gatorade flavor. Okay, wait, maybe <laughs> it's from just from sports, but I think it's just a loaded. Gotta get those I think electrolytes. It's, I know, right? It's a loaded call back to a few episodes ago. It's a loaded word, I think. Sometimes, so people think that like if you're recovering, that that or recovering from an illness. I guess there's more than just those two, but. Like generally speaking, something bad happens, so it's like, oh, they're you know they're recovering.
0: Yeah, instead of a, they, people tend not to view that as a an integral part of a cycle. I mean, that is it is literally a cycle of improvement. Where that's you know you've heard the expression that it's a marathon, not a sprint. That applies in generally every domain, whether it's your relationships or that's a business. Good point it's always a marathon. And, you know, with marathons, you can't just run one after the other. You need to recover. And recovery is just a vital part of um, your life. So whether you go in full-blown recovery mode and do a mini retirement or a long one or two month long trip or, you know, a team offsite or something like that, it's fine. But, you know, I think we're often too hard on ourselves and focused on going out after the adversity route too much and not Uh, the recovery route and basically uh, the second you start talking about doing recovery in a really smart way it's it tends to be viewed by others as laziness and we gotta squash that taboo why isn't it cool to take care of yourself it's just it's just not um it's like it's generally something that has to be brought up in like comedy or like laughing at you know i'm thinking about the parks and rec um episode where it's like treat yourself day and they have to go oh yeah yeah like above and beyond and over the top in order to present the idea that you might take one day out of the week to take care of yourself oh and no and then you have to apologize for yeah it. you have to apologize to everybody else with
1: yeah like hey sorry uh, I know I'm letting the team down by <laughs> it's like no you're letting the team down by working yourself to death yes yeah like, completely your work to, is diminishing every day that you're working yourself to death and by the way it strains your family and your other relationships and all of these things so it's like maybe we should take some time
0: yeah and we talked about coaching and um I think a step beyond coaching that is extremely uncomfortable is where we get into to start talking about something like therapy. So talking to not just a you know, professional coach, but a professional uh, psychologist and, and therapist. And instantly when you bring that up, it's, it brings up memories of having to be in a workplace environment and then, you know, tell somebody like that. And there's questions that arise in your mind of how will that be judged? How will that be seen? Um, but that type of outsider's perspective and, a formalized approach to to you and someone who you're paying to help you is um is pretty cool. So I, I think yeah, that that's, and it, I mean, it has the exact great.
1: opposite of of like the exact opposite connotation a lot of times. Definitely uh, in it, most most cases. So what are some ways that um ways that we can look at recovery or like tools or things that we can use to lenses that we can look at recovery for ourselves
0: i I think that casually exploring uh, therapy and coaches is something that's great so just just the habit of calling up the offices or calling up coaches and just talking to more people like that is the the first step so basically um, doing that and doing it in a mindful way so being aware of what thoughts come up in your mind when you talk about that or when you take the next step and you know reach out to somebody and then generally just mindfulness is the, I think the best way to start the, um, recovery and relaxation process in a great way. So by mindfulness basically means, um, you know, our definition here is watching your thoughts as they arise and trying to feel, uh, detached from the thoughts. Don't judge them too harshly. Generally just watch, watch them pass by as if they were on a conveyor belt and so, just be very selective about choosing the thoughts that you would like to focus on and, uh, hold or retain, and then being very impartial to the thoughts that you don't like and not associating them as having come from you, but instead just
1: they're on this never-ending conveyor belt that goes by. So give me the pitch on mindfulness of why it isn't BS. Like, Why is this not? Because I think that that's what people think, right? It's generally so. I mean, our minds, our
0: bodies are, are something that we inherit at birth, they're miracles of technology. So we mentioned before, your brain is the most complicated object in the known universe, and it's the result of you know, millions and millions of years of uh, biological evolution. Uh, and that's an incredibly valuable technology. Literally, there is no price tag on it. Science isn't close to uh, building a mind and or science or technology. You get the point. And anything that we inherit at birth, we have a really hard time valuing. And it's really hard to p- place an appropriate value on things that you're given f- for free. Um, if you're not familiar with the price that was paid to attain that or give you that, it's going to be hard to use them effectively. So mindfulness—the pitch for it um, that I pitch to myself about why I should do it more, or practice it more—is that it's literally training you to use your your hardware. You know, your your body and your your thoughts. Like the stream of thoughts isn't stopping <laughs> anytime soon. As, as long as you have yeah. a pulse. Uh, as long as you're, even when you're asleep, you're going to be dreaming. (laughs) So just that practice of um, watching the thoughts and not identifying too closely with them is really liberating because we all have not just like bad thoughts and thoughts that are uh, scary sometimes. um, But when that happens, I think it's really important to to remember that um, you're not a bad person. If you think a bad thing, that's just a bad thought. Ultimately, you have to either carry it out into An action, or action or just let it die if it's a thought that's not serving you if it's the thought that's not giving you energy power or peace of mind uh, to
1: let it go like so an example of this would be if you're afraid to fly yeah on planes then trying to just take a step back and before your flight or before you're getting ready and just be like this thought that what if the plane crashes does absolutely nothing for me in the present it does nothing for me on the plane it doesn't help me in any way it makes my husband stressed or my my wife stressed it makes my kids more stressed it generally makes my life worse so why am i worried about this definitely
0: and you know with more uh formal or specific phobias the the nice thing about realizing that you might have one is that it's easier to find the right coach or therapist to fix that problem because there are you know, with phobias specifically, there are a bunch of immersion therapists that do great work and can actually reverse long-held phobias just by um, giving you small doses of the trauma, the thing that you fear over time and gradually building up the dose. And this is a you know a great example of everything we've talked about where you can start to practice immersion therapy on yourself in a bunch of different safe ways with maybe it's speaking up publicly at a meeting at work or something like that, where you can um, practice something that is, kind of you know, feels socially risky or whatever the case might be uh, and then recovering from it and watching your thoughts afterwards and realizing that the worst case scenario that you feared didn't happen. And so that in kind of emboldens you to be a little bit more risky the next time, take a little bit r-
1: bigger of a risk. So, okay, so next we want to talk about meditation and this is another one where I want you to pitch me on meditation because I think I told a story earlier <laughs> in the podcast about how I accidentally, I think I was meditating uh, a little while ago, after my session at the gym, this is something I've never done. Um, I've never really tried. To did be honest, did it. you
0: say you accidentally?
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. I accidentally did, <laughs> um, and it was great. <laughs> it was like, man, this is awesome. And when I was looking at, I, I've kind of talked about this in the past too. Yeah, about how I'm. That's basically like driving in the car to work. I, I drive from Oakland to Palo Alto, which is another thing. Uh, quick aside on this because this bugs me. People who live their entire life around the whims of traffic bug me to no end because I spend a decent amount of time in traffic, in Bay Area traffic, which is not great. But people like won't visit friends and family because they will get caught in like 20 minutes of traffic or or more. It's like, yeah. my goodness. Yes, you need to take steps so that you're not doing that or you need to figure out things so you're not wasting your life sitting on a road. I totally understand that, and that's why I'm glad that there's many people working on things like this. But the idea is like, how much stress, stress, and anxiety, and things are you bringing into your life that are not helpful thoughts? Yeah. So I think that's a,
0: a great example, is because um, oftentimes when you talk about mindfulness or meditation, there's plenty of people who will respond with, uh, "I don't have time to do that." Um, and the typical response to them is, "Well, you gotta make the time." And it's like, no, maybe maybe you don't actually have the time to sit down for 20 minutes and uh, meditate each day. Maybe the demands of your current life are are such that it doesn't really make sense. And I think you have to just start in a small way. So with whatever you do have going on, where you might have an opportunity to be a bit more mindful, just start there. And that's a form of, uh, I would just call it active meditation. Um, because there are so many, you know, meditation really isn't about emptying your mind at the end of the day. There's a lot of people that advocate that and, there's a bunch of research that shows it's beneficial for your mindset for your brain, um, but I think that starting in just just starting with mindfulness is much smarter because that's where you can see the benefits. Um, meaning that you can you know incorporate that into your drive. So basically, just notice the thoughts that are not serving you, not giving you more power, not making you feel hopeful, uh, and letting them go, and then exploring why they might have come up. If, is there a root cause to that that you could fix? But basically, like following each thought down the rabbit hole of its source and just beginning to speculate and hypothesize about where it came from. Um, that's kind of a fun exercise to do, as well as the good thoughts about following them to their source and starting to think about where they came from. Because once you get to the source of those, you get, or even closer to the source or the stimulus that caused them, you can kind of get a good handle on what you might do differently in the future to
1: create more of the good ones, less of the bad ones, if that makes sense. So, what are? I know you do tons of stuff like this. What are the tools, the apps, the hardware, the different things? Like, um, I know podcasts maybe is one. <laughs> um, but what, what do you what do you do to like? So there's do um, meditation and mindfulness and all this stuff.
0: Yeah, there's um, a really interesting set of hardware that's emerging around um, brain computer interfaces and things that can measure different uh, types of brain waves. And, um, so you can actually use some of these headsets. There's a whole slew of different consumer headsets that you can buy and you can literally watch your brain waves and you can see how, if you become more anxious or consider something that's scary, your brain waves change. And then the software helps you move your mind back to basically it trains your, you can train yourself to, um, relax and that's it. And basically the software helps keep you honest in terms of, are you, are you relaxed? And yeah, we, uh, Actually, a couple of these companies are probably going to send us some uh, some of their tech to uh, so the whole team can uh, try it out, basically. But Muse is uh, one of the big companies, and there are a couple of others. So those are the more I'm very bullish on those those type of tools, uh, the much more technologically advanced ones. Some of the simpler things, where it's like meditation apps and stuff like that, I'm not knocking them or anything. Those are those are great, um, and I think that uh, you can start out with like simple YouTube meditations um, that are kind of uh, guided. YouTube,
1: like the band, <laughs> like you listen to beautiful day.
0: Well, no, I just listened to a uh, bonus voice and I <laughs> just, all my problems go away. So that's a, no, but you these, said YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. So YouTube, uh, active meditations. There are a bunch of great ones, world-class trainers and coaches that are, will walk you through. Yeah. Just kind of a guided meditation. I think that's a great way to start because it's like, why would you start trying to have, uh, no thoughts if you're not at least a little well-versed in um, practicing
1: filtering them from useful to not useful. Another great one is to find somebody with a really soothing voice and listen to them talk to you. And uh, <laughs> I recommend the Story Podcast. Uh, it's narrated by <laughs> Chad Grills, my co-host. Uh, it's delightful. This is just a shameless plug. If you haven't checked out the Story Podcast, you should check it out. It's great. I think we Thanks, do. man. I think uh, Chad has great great voice that I get to hear every day at work, but um, uh, pretty it's, good. it's a pretty ridiculous. good zone out and you get to hear stories of cool people.
0: Over the top, but uh, I'll take the compliment. Thank you. <laughs> um, the stories are excellent. And the stories they're are def- great. Pretty empowering. Um, and so another, um, boiling it down to really simple, cheap things that people can do is um, one of my favorites is a year calendar. So if you have a year long calendar and if you check off the days that you practice mindfulness or meditate Um, Even if it's absurdly small, so just like a minute a day, two minutes a day to the point where you feel silly sitting down and literally pretending that you meditated for a minute or two minutes. Um, I think that's a great way to start. And you can put a check on the calendar to see if you if you did it, if you didn't do it. Um, And it's a great way to have that accountability um, and just get started with a practice. So a researcher from Stanford has popularized this small steps method of getting started um, I think he called it mini habits. So BJ Fogg popularized the idea of you, if you want to floss your teeth, if you're having trouble doing that, um, just set the goal of flossing one tooth a yeah. day. Yeah, so this is the same type of thing. You just set the goal of meditating or practicing mindfulness for a minute each day and then just start tracking the progress from there. But that's basically giving yourself the permission to get started in such an absurdly small way is the step to relaxing, recovering, and I think really reclaiming your ability to heal yourself
1: yeah so a good way to do that would be like um you could set a calendar reminder for yep. the first five minutes of work every day like nine to nine oh five is blank time for you to just sit there and and actually this is a callback to a previous episode that we did about breathing about how important like breathe through the nose breathe, breathe yeah, through you know this just yeah spend a minute breathing through your nose out through your mouth like if you start there, you might be able to uh, back your, I'll try. So I have not tried any of this stuff. I'll try.
0: it. Yeah. And, um, making it even simpler than that to get started. There's some, uh, promising studies that show sick, six six <laughs> deep breaths through your nose are extremely effective at reducing stress. So whether it's, um, you know, when you're in traffic and doing six deep breaths through the nose or after lunch or anything like that, it's, um. Yeah, there's always an opportunity there.
1: I'm a calm driver. I never get road rage. I'm actually just a calm person. I really don't get. I mean, I get I get a little agitated just because I, you know, got a fire that burns deep. But uh, yeah, it's like bad drivers, stuff like that. People cutting you off. Who gives a? Yeah, what is a family friendly podcast? <laughs> we don't do much swearing.
0: Only so much you can do. But the bottom line here is getting the appropriate amount of recovery is something that you're probably going to have to fight for it's not going to it's generally a taboo topic but don't be afraid to treat yourself and yeah. with that we will see you next time that's it